0: Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. One of the speakers at Ken Fish's Fusion Conference was Jack Deer. I guess I could say Dr. Jack Deer. And he was the Dallas Theological Seminary professor of ancient languages, both Hebrew and Greek. I think he was the youngest tenure track professor they had ever um, received. And When he became a charismatic (laughs) and no longer believed in cessationism, then he needed to find work elsewhere. And so he went for a few years and worked with John Wimber. And he did not tell this story. I heard this story from Judith McNutt. And so what Judith McNutt said was, John Wimber was part of the Righteous Brothers which I don't know how well anybody remembers them, but they sing You've Lost That Lovin' Feelin'. So that's probably their most famous. And so he was with them and living the lifestyle that would go along with being a successful rock band, if that's even what genre of music they were. But anyway, he got radically saved out of that. And he shows up in church, you know, a week or two later. (laughs) And he was like, all right, when do we do this stuff? And the pastor was kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, the stuff, the stuff, you know, in the scriptures, Jesus says that you're going to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. When do we do it? And the pastor was kind of like, no, 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 you don't understand. We don't do that. That ended with the time of the apostles or whatever spiel he gave. And John Wimber just kind of stopped him and was like, you mean I gave up rock and roll for this? (laughs) And I love that response because there is a part where you're like, whatever the world has to offer, what we find in Christ actually should be better. And so just like Tertullian was speaking about uh, deliverance back in the early years of the church, when he said the young men should stop going to the games and do deliverance, it's way more exciting And so, you know, like, forget the gladiator games, kind of like, don't go and watch your NFL games. Let's go and find people who need to be delivered. That's going to be really where the action is. I love that perspective. So anyway, that's what I know about John Wimber. And then he founded the vineyard denomination or whatever you would, however vineyard is classified So definitely more operating in the signs and wonders. And so Jack Deere went and spent four and a half years with John Wimber and, (laughs) and he still struggled with the prophetic for quite a while. As far as I know, he met John Paul Jackson, who is uh, now deceased, but was with Mike Bickle in Kansas City. He was known as one of the Kansas City prophets. And what Jack Deere said was that the first time he met John Paul Jackson, he was very not impressed. Like, who is this young guy who's dressed all, you know, immaculately? Apparently, he was not only very handsome, but dressed very nicely as well. And Jack Deere had also been warned, I think, by John Wimber, like, don't get deceived when you go to Kansas City. So he was really ready to not be deceived by whatever they might be carrying in that community. And so John Paul Jackson comes up to him and he was like, whoa, I didn't expect to see you here. And uh, and Jack was like, oh, really? And John Paul Jackson said, yeah, I had a dream about you a week ago, but I didn't realize you would be here today. And then he told Jack... The prayer that Jack prayed every morning, in the quiet of his own heart. I don't even know if his wife knew this prayer, but it was very, very personal, and he didn't share what it was. You know, all of us are kind of like, is he going to share share it? But apparently, you have to be a John Paul Jackson prophet in order to know. And John Paul Jackson said, "You will like the Lord has seen this request, and it will be fulfilled in your lifetime. You will not die without seeing this come to pass," and. So he said, though, I was so needing to keep my guard up because I did not want to be deceived. I was giving the man no help. There was no, like, lighting up of my countenance or jaw drop. Like, that's incredible. He said, then my wife is there and John Paul Jackson turns to her and starts speaking prophetically over her. And she immediately starts weeping. So she was not being very supportive in terms of... (laughs) Keeping the, uh, keeping the stiff upper lip and the poker face. But that was one of his introductions to the prophetic. And he told a story then about how he and John Paul Jackson, at some point, there was uh, an opening to go and speak to the 10 to 12-year-olds at the church. And I think they had about 200 of them. So large gathering of young people. And Dr. Jack was like, this is not going to be a problem. How hard could it be? You know, I have a doctorate and I'm an expert in the things of the Lord. And so these young people, they start asking questions about like, you know, if God was real, why is there sin? And anyway. <laughs> and he's kind of like, oh, okay, this is not very easy. And then John Paul Jackson notices a girl in the front row and he calls her over, maybe in front of the group, and she's kind of embarrassed. You know, at 10 to 12, you don't necessarily want to be called out in front of a group of 200. And basically, he proceeds to maybe walk her through a story like, You are in a home where your parents fight a lot, but God sees you and He knows you, and He's there as your comforter and your defense. And I don't remember now if the girl started weeping, but it was a deep. It was a healing moment for her to know that even if her parents were fighting, that she was protected with the Lord. And I think the other part was, it wasn't her fault. That was really what John Paul Jackson wanted to communicate to her, which again, what a word of comfort and encouragement for this little girl. And so at that point, Jack was like, we actually need the prophetic because The scripture is true, but we don't know all the prophecies, right? Like the companies of the prophets in the time of, say, Elijah and Elisha. We don't have their writing. The Lord speaks more than just in the Bible. And so he said, the Bible is glorious and we celebrate it. But the Bible didn't have the prophetic insight to heal that girl's heart and her grief over her parents and their fighting. That was necessary by somebody who was listening to the voice of the Lord and was paying attention in the Spirit. And so, Lord, I just hand this story to you. This is is intense to me to consider the ways that maybe you have wanted to bring that 1 Corinthians 14.3 comfort, exhortation, encouragement to the people around me, and I haven't known that you were seeking to do that. I haven't been paying enough attention. And so Lord, I'm asking for an upgrade in my own ability to know how to hear your voice on behalf of other people. Lord, I thank you that you continue to teach me how to hear your voice on behalf of myself. (laughs) But Lord, it shouldn't be that big of a step to go from me to others. And so Lord, I'm asking that for me and for all who are interested, who are listening. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Amen.